Welcome to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. Get ready for an enlightening conversation that will nurture your soul and help you live your best life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson. Welcome to the Soul Wealth Radio Show. I am your host, Dr. Vicki Johnson, here on 96.3 HD4 NDCRadio.gov. Here on the Soul Wealth Radio Show, we have wealthy conversations that nurture the soul. And these conversations are incredibly inspiring, insightful, informative, illuminating. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity and this platform. Super shout out to my producer, Shane Lewis, and to our general manager, Max Myrick. Love them both. Got to shout out Jess as well, the only girl producer. She's the only lady on the team on the tech side. But DC Radio Family is just an amazing place to belong and to be. And for the Soul Wealth Radio Show to be a part of the family is a blessing. We are getting close to 400 episodes and I am hmm, grateful I said you know, and amazed at the same time by the depth of conversations that I get to have. My guest today, (laughs) I've been trying to get this conversation with her in person, face to face since the beginning. And the beginning for the Soul Wealth Radio Show is December 2019, pre-pandemic. She's so busy, (laughs) not just busy, but impactful. She's fruitful. She's a native Washingtonian. She was in my youth group. (laughs) Don't think that far. I was her youth leader. Gosh, before she went to college. Yes. No, her family have been ingrained in each other's lives for a very long time. And to watch her bloom and blossom and grow and continue to expand has just been one of the joys, really, for me. We were in the same church for a long time. She's already tearing up. I'm going to make her cry. Listen, and that's the terrible thing. She's an entrepreneur. (laughs) She's a community active advocate. I was going to say a community activator, which she is. She's a provoker. She is a trailblazer. She's courageous. And I'm so proud of my (laughs) guest today, my little sister, Dion Reader. Yes, Vicky. She is is DC. (laughs) She walked into the studio and everybody that's a native Washingtonian, Dion, Dion, oh my God, Dion. You know, from, from Don Fong to Chloe, also known formally as... Sade, uh-huh, <laughs> got to get that in there. But Dion, what's up? Oh, man, Vicky, this is funny. Dion, how you doing? So is you funny? I'm good. Yes, I am this is going really to great. be funny. This no, has been a long time now, coming. about this. This has been a long time coming. <laughs> I have had a first-hand witness experience, front-row seat, in the many iterations in your life. Yes. 
Like, that's amazing to I'm me. I'm 52. It's been since I was 17. Listen. <laughs> Seriously. Dion Reader is DC. <laughs> she ran uh, for an at-large mm-hmm. seat mm-hmm. for city council. She did not win, but she won. I did. Right? It was in the doing and mm-hmm. the running and mm-hmm. the getting in the race that allowed you to win in my book and you were then and still now the executive director? I wasn't at that time. Okay, you are now? and I am the executive Okay, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Your whole life is prophetic. What's the name of the organization? Far Southeast Family Strengthening Collaborative. Which is what? It is an awesome organization where I have the pleasure of being a servant leader there. We work with families primarily in Ward 8, mm-hmm. the beginning stages of the organization. We were specifically working with families to prevent child abuse and neglect. Mm. After doing years of assessments, we realized that a major issue that we have, it's not so much that families are just, you know, abusing their children. It happens and we want to prevent that. But the neglect actually stemmed from poverty. So we've kind of morphed into an organization that sees itself as a capacity builder, building infrastructures within the community that the community can take care of itself. So we work for children with families with children from birth, we also manage the Ward 8 Congress High Senior Wellness Center. So one of my previous board members used to say we work from them from birth to the grave, from the wow. to the grave. And that's that's about right. That is so awesome. You know what I just thought about looking at you, listening to you? Linda Fisher. Linda Fisher. <laughs> Linda Fisher. What? what? So I, I am still in contact with Linda Fisher. What was that organization we worked for? It was for? the D.C. Community Prevention Partnership. Absolutely. <laughs> D.C. Community <laughs> Prevention Partnership, 16th and K yes, Street, Northwest. Yes, yes, yes. And um, wow, like yeah. I just had that memory yep. that we yep. worked together yep. in that nonprofit mm-hmm. organization for Do Linda phenomenal Fisher. phenomenal work. Your ideas. What's up, Linda? Yes, shout yes. Out, to shout Linda out to Linda Fisher. Make yeah. sure she hears I this. Will. I will, mm-hmm. I will, So I will. my point in that coming to me is that you've been in this nonprofit yes. advocacy space for years, for decades. Yes, my calling. You've been doing this work. Yeah. Not, you know, I think when people saw you get into the at-large council race, it was like, oh, she's a politician. Nope. Yeah. You are a community organizer, yes. community advocate, and community engagement mm-hmm. and impact is your thing yes. to the point. That you said, okay, it's like God. You know what? I'm lonely. I think I'll make me a world. (laughs) (laughs) So you not only ran for city council, you didn't just do the whole nonprofit and are doing the whole nonprofit thing. Then you had the audacity, (laughs) I love that word, to venture into entrepreneurship. Yes. And before your current business. Mm-hmm. You had another business, mm-hmm. right, on Good Hope Road? South MLK. On MLK. Mm-hmm. Same. Same quarter, Across from yes. the big chair. But Good Hope now okay. is Marion Barry. Yes. Right. Good Hope. Good. Of course. <laughs> it's now Marion Barry Avenue. Avenue, Southeast. <laughs> so you had, like, a, a smaller restaurant. Yes, yes, yes. And now Dion's mm-hmm. is where? Sycamore Sycam- and Oak. Yes. yes. Black Wall Street. The Black Wall Street. That's what I'm saying. See, like God, I'm lonely. I think I'll make me a world. 
have another idea. I think I'll do this. That's Dion Rita. Dion Rita is so DC. Kenyon Street, Northwest, yes. right off Georgia Avenue, up near Howard University. Everybody knew the Rita girls. Yes, yes. Everybody yes, knew the yes. Rita family. Yes. Hi, Jackie. Yes. Shout out to our big sister, your big sister, yes. my little sister, yes. Jackie Rita. Yes. I'm just so incredibly proud of who you are. Who inspires you? Oh, my goodness. So it's so funny because I can say this to you. You understand the history. My oldest sister, mm-hmm. definitely. My mom. We're going to say her name. We're going to yes. presence Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn. Yes, yes. Yesterday was Gwendolyn. 33 years. Wow. Yes. Are you serious? 33 years she's been gone. We have to say Gwen's yes. name. Yes, yes. Gwen's yes. name. Yes. So we honor yes. her. Honor Gwen. We just say her name yes. in this space. Yes, yes. And bring her in yes. to this room that with us. That was so us. wonderful about my time yesterday as I was sharing. I had a great time mm-hmm. to be able to honor her, just me and her on the beach. So that was wonderful. Definitely my mom, right? Mm-hmm. You knew you knew Doris. Yes. <laughs> Strong personality. Absolutely. Um, my dad. Yes. Like I, I I think out of all of us, I attribute a lot of my ambition to Joseph. Really? Yeah. He was yeah. so cool. No, I mean he was so cool but impactful. When I understand I, I that. That's what I mean life, when I say he was yeah, so cool. Like, you know, my father had a um, janitorial company. I don't know if you knew this years ago. He worked full time at George Washington University. That's how we all were supposed to go there. And in the evenings, he actually would be, he was started off working in the evenings at the Bronner building. Mm. And the company he worked for it left and they offered my father the opportunity to take over the contract. But he was such a man's man that he basically hired my cousins in the whole neighborhood and taught us work ethics that I'm sure many of them think about today. That's so awesome. Yeah. So your family. Yes. Inspires you. Yes. In the early stages of my life. Yeah. Okay, moving forward. Yep. Um, I was fortunate to be able to transition in a really critical time in my life at where we met, Greater Mount Calvary. And I saw so many strong Christian women. Um, Mm -hmm. You're one of them. It's been my mentor. Thank you, Dion. Yes. I was in your youth group and then you made me a youth leader. (laughs) And I've said this to you, so it's not like I'm saying it Mm -hmm, cold, mm -hmm. but just your calming presence and your push, like you never let up off of us. You give us time to get emotional, get in our feelings about whatever's going on, but the push, okay, you over it? Because now we got to get past that because trust me, it's going to be more to come. (laughs) So just sharpening our tools and giving us the stamina to really, really persevere. Absolutely. Um, And not just in... People don't always talk about the church politics, but being able to persevere in a safe space and not get swallowed up by any negativity that comes with being a woman in the church. Mm-hmm. But allowing us, and you aren't the only, but allowing us to be able to dream for bigger things. Yeah. And never saying you couldn't do it. Just, okay, what's next? What's the plan? You were really big on what's your plan? How do you get there? And that never left me, you know. And I can speak of so many other women in Greater Mount Calvary that I would be remiss if I started naming. Yeah, don't name them. Unfair. Don't name names. <laughs> don't name names but because that, when people hear this, and really, she ain't yeah. saying Yeah, don't do that. And Just say so many women. So many. And yeah. then as I transitioned to be um, become a young adult, uh, quite frankly, I had the very horrible experience of losing my mom early on. You mm-hmm. know this. Mm-hmm. My sister was murdered. We were talking about Gwen. As a sophomore, my mom died as a senior mm-hmm. in, in college. And then having the opportunity to go in places like Capitol Hill and work for congressmen. 
transition back into community work where we work together. Mm-hmm. And individuals like Glenda and Pat, Pat Henry. Absolutely. You Pat. know, that just adopted me yep. and 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 just guided me about being a woman, a yeah. young woman. Yeah. Jackie and I was young to lose our mom. So having that level of respect for me and equally shared respect for them looking at their steps and watching them and getting the ability to move in a leadership role. I started off early. Yeah, you know, I want to say that we plan and God laughs. Yeah. (laughs) Right? All the time. We plan and God laughs. I think trusting the process of planning, though, is, is evidence and action because, you know, we talk about faith without works is dead. Having a plan really is an indication that, okay, now let me make them who they need to be mm-hmm. to manage the plan mm-hmm. successfully. I say, you know, we plan, God laughs. He's like, okay, boom, mm-hmm. here you go. Boom, here you go. I'm saying that to say, and all of the planning that you did, I feel like nothing prepared you for who you are now oh and goodness. the work you're doing now, like the things you have survived. It's, it's like this, Vicki. You know, we talk about this. I was just talking about an example of my granddaughter, but we talk about what you put in somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Early on, it was almost a part of our DNA to seek God, mm-hmm. right? We, we didn't have the kind of relationships with our leaders that we put them before God. It was imperative mm-hmm. that you built your own relationship. And through that, for me, it opened up spirituality. Mm-hmm. And it sounds funny if I say it that way, but I really mean it. Mm-hmm. Intentionally, I was taught religion, mm-hmm. but through understanding who God is. But the freedom to understand who God is was reflective in my life, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think I had any of my peers that lost a sister to murder at the age of 19, right? At that time in 1990. And not like that. Yeah, it not like that. Just right? that, She's in gun it, violence, it was right? The, it was the terror The terror it. of, a, yes, right. for months. Absolutely. For months. So and I want to just say yeah, that. Yeah. It wasn't just, oh, well, no. you know, people lose family no, members to gun violence. It, it was the gun violence, and then it was the terror that we all had to live through. Yeah, and, and collectively. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, it wasn't just Jackie and I, mm-hmm. right? But through that process, I did something that I don't know often if we take the time to make the pause to talk about it. I learned how forgiveness for Mm. me opened up so many opportunities. Talk about that. (laughs) So I I, I distinctly remember, you know this, I I purchased my first home when I was 24, bought a condo in Fort Lincoln. And like every other place I lived, that day I bought it, I lived there from that day until I left there. And I would, I never forget maybe being there two weeks. I wasn't even there long. And I was in my den at the time and I was praying, spending my time in worship. And God said to me, you have to forgive them. And it was almost like, you know, the story we hear about the fight with God. Like if you feel like you, I literally feel like I was in a, a fight with God. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fighting forgiving. Like, I mean, this is my conversation. If I forgive him, then what am I saying to Gwen? How am I? And it, this couldn't have been Vicky. Two years after. Okay. It was still very fresh. But that experience, and I remember writing a letter to him that I was almost felt like somebody else was writing the letter. I couldn't even, the pen to paper mm-hmm. didn't even really resonate with me in terms of the fight that I was in. But I knew if I did not do that, and I don't know, I didn't know at that time what was next, but I knew everything that God had promised me was locked into my ability to forgive the man who murdered my sister. Wow. And reluctantly, I did it. And I mailed the letter to him. 
And I remember seeing him when we went to protest his release. I'm not protesting your release because I haven't forgiven you. Right. I did that part. Right. I'm protesting your release because you haven't acknowledged what you've done. Mm -hmm. And I knew then that once I forgave him and was able to face him and say, I know you got my letter. So I forgive you and I love you. I don't even know why this happened. But for whatever reason, you chose to make this decision. I've forgiven you. And that moment until now, Vicki, I literally see myself in spaces with people who have just just vandalized my name Mm -hmm. in my face. People who've lied on me in my Mm -hmm. space. And I'm able to move beyond that and still see the work that God is doing in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Because when you can do something difficult like that, like that reaches down into your soul and God is like, I got you and you're going to do this, right? When you can do that as you move along the way, and that's what I'm talking about, something like that is like an excavation Mm -hmm. of your soul, of your emotions, of your mindset. And at the same time, God is creating capacity in you. So we talk about capacity building. Capacity has to be built in us first before we are trusted with an environment to create capacity. And so you do encounter people who mistreat you, who misunderstand you, you know, who are determined to misalign you and all those things. You're like, that's nothing to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That What you're doing mm-hmm. is nothing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And that resilience is what I'm talking about, yeah. Dion. It, it's, you know, people want your success, but they don't necessarily want your journey. No. No. And that's why for me, watching you ascend and expand and win again and again and again and again and again (laughs) is deeply meaningful to me because I know the price you paid for it. Yeah. The price you paid yeah. for it has just been amazing. <laughs> so share another moment. Okay. Okay. Because I know oh, I can bring when your more sister, recent. you know, passed away and then your mom yep. and then yep. your dad. Yep. And so it's you and your other sister mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Share another moment that after it happened, you knew your life would never be the same. I can, I can bring in more recent. So, because we only have 26 minutes. So I'll bring it. I'll bring in more recent. I'll go as far as to say when I decided to run for office. Mm, that changed your life? It was a life-changing experience. I had no idea that would be one of the most contentious races in the District of Columbia. Looking back on the stories now. Mm-hmm. And my sister always joke, if you ever, if you, you know my life, the only job I've ever wanted to have was to be the president of the United States. That was the only job that I saw on my resume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my sister, Jackie, who always thought that was the funniest thing when you asked me, what do I want to be? That's what I would say. So deciding to run wasn't something that was estranged to me. Mm-hmm. However, the process as we're talking about the journey of running and not knowing anything about it, being in a race and literally for some odd and unknown reason, the platform that it provided me has been life-changing for so many people, right? One of the things that I ran on was I went to a school, I graduated, you know, I went to both parochial and public schools, but I graduated from a public school. We had drafting classes and trade classes, and I can think about how many of my classmates were able to go into plumbing, electrician, drafting, architectural design, mm-hmm. because it started in their high school, 
And now we're in a crisis in terms of opportunities for people to live beyond a minimum wage job because we have left the importance of creating opportunities that go beyond just college. College worked for me, but it doesn't work for everyone. But seeing that now and it's part of other people platform ideas, right? And how it's been elevated to really create schools and opportunities for students. But that process in and of itself became a race campaign. It was yeah. a, it became about me being a black woman, yes. native, and my opponent being a white um, woman who actually moved into the city some years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was never the basis of it for me. And right. how it turned into that and having to constantly prove myself, right, that I'm not the angry black woman. I love my city, right? And, and having to stand on what I knew was important for me in terms of my own values and regardless of who supported me not wavering in that. The experience was one I would never take back, but it was probably one of the, if I had to name three of the hardest experiences I've had in life, that's one of the three. What lesson did you learn? Never to stop. Mm-hmm. That's I remember so good. It, I never stopped. I remember when the <clears throat> mayor did decide to support me, we had lunch and she looked at me and she said, can I just say one thing to you? Your level of perseverance... And I told her, I said, you don't know my story, right? I I couldn't quit. I didn't have the kind of family that were quitters. Right. So I didn't know what it was like to give up halfway through the game. So if you ask me, when I was asked one time to get out of the race, I said, you get out of the race. (laughs) Why I got to get out the race? You get out the race. (laughs) And then, you know, they threw everything. Well, you don't have the money. I said, and I ran with no money. Right. Right. So. Never quitting. When you believe something and you're you're you know you're destined to complete it. I didn't say win it, but complete right, it. Right. Don't stop. Yeah, the lesson is in the completion. That's it. It's not necessarily in winning. Yes. And you know, some some would say it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Then there's some who would say, Well, it is whether you win. <laughs> But parenthetically, let me just insert this, Shane. It didn't matter that Florida State had an undefeated season. They still did not get into the national championship playoffs for college football. And they were undefeated. So it's not not always about winning. They were undefeated and still didn't get picked. Right? So it's about how you respond to the journey that matters. And that I'm telling you, I just want to beat on this table, <laughs> you know, to say it, it was really amazing to watch you run that race. Thank you. And coming from somewhat of a political family, people only know what they see. Yes. They only know what they see. I had the awesome privilege to have a conversation and be in a room with Justice Katanji Brown Jackson. Wow. And she just shared some things that she experienced when she was going through the process, the mm. nomination process, and how she had to learn how to play the game. Mm twice as good Mm -hmm. as everybody else Mm -hmm. because she was black and Mm -hmm. she was a woman. Mm -hmm. But some of the things that she had to endure and experience while biting her cheeks on the inside because you can't respond the way you want to or the way they could. I got a funny one for you. I was Mm -hmm. told they polled me. And initially I was told two things. I was too black and I was too fat. What? Yeah, I'll never forget this. And at that time, and I, I think I, when I ran, I lost about 20 pounds, gained them all back. Now, I think this is the longest, <laughs> longest period of time I've had that I've lost this much weight in my life. But interesting enough, I did it because I was asked to do it. 
But after a while, you know, I I had to tell my team, like, I got to, I'm authentic. I got to fit into me, right? So I'm not cutting my locks so we can come up with some styles at work. I don't mind makeup. You guys know that I have two, two, two of my closest friends are makeup uh-huh, artists. Uh-huh. So that wasn't an issue. But it was some things that I wasn't going to bend for, right. right? And I wanted people to see me. And what I realized, you know, and, and again, this is part of that game, you don't realize that you're not seen until you're not seen. Right. And for me, it was around how I came. How did I come off? What did I look like that make me appealing enough that people wanted to hear what I had to say? But can I tell you, this is Big Sister Vicky. <laughs> I'm glad you finished. And I'm glad you didn't win. You and I both. And I'm glad you didn't <laughs> win because I feel like... The game of politics changes the impact, direct impact that you are able to have. Most definitely. Because no shade to any politicians, but it's a game. I grew up in it. Yeah. My grandfather was the first black elected official in in Orlando Mm -hmm. in 1972. Mm -hmm. So I know what it is to be under that kind of scrutiny, not only as the person, but as the family. I mean, direct descendant of, you know, that was my Mm -hmm. grandfather. To them, he was a city commissioner, Mm -hmm. but to me, he was a grandfather, my grandfather, and still... There were certain things and certain ways, you know, that we had to be and how we had to show Most up definitely. and how we had to present. And so for me, from Vicky to Dion, I feel like the work you're able to do now, Most the definitely. person you are, the capacity you're building in the community that is rapidly changing and rapidly becoming foreign to those who were the original, you know, residents— it's so important, the work that you do and the opportunities to heal and, that you create. I tell people, Vicki, honestly, I'm more, I'm able to do more the way that I know God created me to do yep. in the role that I am, than Absolutely. I would have been as a city council person. So it's exactly what you said. It was the journey that I had to get through. But what I'm able to do now, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer. And again, I told you, I, I emulate a lot of my father. And when I look at my house on King Street, our house on King Street, the closets that are there today was done by the black man up the street. Mm. The plumbing that's there today mm-hmm. was done by Mr. Footman mm-hmm. around the corner. Mm-hmm. When I think about what my father did in terms of his network, yeah. and he kept money in the community by utilizing the expertise of the individual. They had to be experts, yes, yes. right? But he literally utilized people that others wouldn't have been able to get a chance with. Me, I do the same thing in my work. Yep. I have the ability to hire vendors and contractors that look like me, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm able to say my IT person is a returning citizen mm-hmm. that actually runs the IT for me and five other relationships as a result of meeting me. You know, my cleaning company looks like me, mm-hmm. right? The person who installed our roof, the green roof, mm-hmm. looks like me. Love it. So, so for me, my caterers look like us. So mm-hmm. I, I'm a big proponent of if we don't, walk in the door and keep it open, others will never be able to walk through. So that's that's how I live my life. And everything I do, I want to open up doors for we, more of us. And I don't think I would have been able to do that as successfully as I've been able to do it in this role 
is I was in the council. As you have been able to do it, as you are doing it, and as you will continue <laughs> to do it. We are at the end, Dion. Oh, wow. I'm so, this is great. I'm, this is amazing. I'm so appreciative for this How time can you. those who are listening, those who love you, those who want to get to know you, how can they find you? Where are you on social media? So, What's yes, your website? Yes, Where's I'll your restaurant? You Let's go. So Dion for DC, that's D-I-O-N-N-E-F-O-R-D-C is my own page. Dion's with an S, Good Food, um, is the business that I have with my nephew, Andre Teller, who, for the record, he named the Dion's, not me. <laughs> um, and that location is at the wonderful new, what I like to call Southeast Black Wall Street, which is Sycamore Oak. That's ran by the Congress Heights Training and Development Corporation. So any of our pages, you can find Dion's Good Food. And I have the very, very, really wonderful privilege of being the sole proprietor of DTR Enterprises Corporation, which does trainings across the country in those spaces of community education, community engagement, and how do you engage a marginalized community to be a promised community. Please check out Art on the Rise. We have a phenomenal art show that's going to be happening with DC young artists. Go to our Far Southeast page, Far S.E. Collab. Thank you. Girl. (laughs) <laughs> Y'all visit my website, VickiJohnson.com. That's V-I-K-K-I Johnson.com. I am at all things Vicky on most social media platforms. Listen, soul wealth is your birthright. It is your inheritance. So go out into the world, live with purpose, live with passion, trust the process, trust the journey, live full so you can die empty. Until next time. Peace. You've been listening to Soul Wealth, wealthy conversations that nurture the soul with Dr. Vicki Johnson. Soul Wealth is not just a brand. It's a lifestyle of vision, compassion, authenticity, abundance, and legacy created one conversation, one choice at a time. For more information, visit VickiJohnson.com or click on soulwealth at dcradio.gov.